Welcome back to Church Public, where we look at current events from a Christian perspective. Today we're looking at why a middle schooler in Wisconsin was charged with sexual harassment for saying a true thing. Then we'll go to Florida, where a pastor decided to host a drag queen show for children. Yes, we live in crazy town, and I'm here to help try and bring back some reality. I'm Ed Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. I really appreciate you being here today. My name is Matt Odegaard, and I am your host. Today, we are looking at some interesting stories, some stories that may not impact you personally, but they will impact everything that we do because this is the new culture. And so I want to help you unpack the culture and figure out how to live in it, but not become like it, which more and more seems to be interesting or hard or difficult, or at the very least, you need courage. You need courage to be able to step out and do something different. If you haven't already, go ahead and like and subscribe if you wouldn't mind sharing it with one of your friends. If you find this helpful, I just want to get the word out so that people can understand what is going on in this wild and crazy world. And then, of course, if you feel like supporting, you can go to churchpublic.com support. All right, let's get right into this because we have, we have a lot of crazy things going on. Okay, so the first story that we're looking at today is a story out of Wisconsin. And here's the reason that I bring you stories like these. We're not talking about California. We're not talking about New York. We're not talking about Oregon or Seattle or any of the places on the coast that have been going to the ends of culture for a long time. We're talking about Wisconsin. So we're talking about this story where middle schoolers were charged with sexual harassment for using the wrong pronouns. I'll let the mom tell you some about this. The principal over at the elementary school for warning me, letting me know that I was going to be receiving an email uh, with sexual harassment allegations against my son. Rosemary Rabadou's 13-year-old son, Brayden, is one of the three eighth-grade Keel Middle School students accused of sexual harassment, something she disputes. He said he's being allegedly charged with sexual harassment for not using proper pronouns. I thought it wasn't real. I thought this has got to be a gag, a joke. Um, one has nothing to do with the other. According to the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, or Will, now defending the accused students, in March, one of their peers announced the pronouns they prefer to be addressed as, they or them. One of the alleged incidents Braden and the others were supposedly involved in happened in April. She had been screaming at one of Braden's friends to use proper pronouns, uh, calling him profanity. And this friend is, you know, very soft-spoken and kind of just sunk down into his chair. And Braden finally came up defending him, saying uh, he doesn't have to use proper pro pronouns. It's his constitutional right to not use. You can't make him say things. Some might say or think that you or your son are against the LGBTQ plus community. Not at all. Not at all. My my children have been raised to love everybody equally. Shortly. So this is what we hear more and more. We're talking about pronouns and that's really the basis of this. And that's why this story is important because it goes to both biological reality and just basic grammar. Does language mean anything? Does language mean anything anymore? Does a pronoun mean anything? Does any of grammar mean anything? Or can you just use any word for anything and then we just all speak garbledygook? 
This is, it sounds ridiculous, but it's an actual issue. If you cannot use words to describe reality, then there really is no reality, which is part of what the left wants to do. They want to change the literal fabric of reality because biology doesn't support what they're thinking, reality doesn't support what they're thinking, and, and, and these ideas that they are promoting. And this is what we get to. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go along with this idea, this imagined reality that they invent or not? And here's where the rubber meets the road. This is a really important story because this is not an adult. This is not a swim team. This is not an athletic event. This is a middle school student who is accused of an actual crime, a really terrible and serious crime like sexual harassment for using the wrong word. And to go back to some of the things that this mother said, this mother said, I received a phone call from the principal forewarning me, letting me know I was going to be receiving an email with sexual harassment allegations against my son. And she said, quote, I immediately went into shock. I'm thinking sexual harassment. That's rape. That's inappropriate touching. That's incest. What has my son done? Going on with this article, none of the concerns Rabideau had were at issue. Instead, her 13-year-old, that's what we're talking about here, a 13-year-old, was accused of using incorrect pronouns to address another student, as you heard in the story, using they and them instead of whatever the actual pronouns were. And here's the problem. The student is not in trouble for actual violence. The student is not in trouble even for lying. The student is in trouble for telling the truth, using grammatically correct English pronouns for a person based on factual biology. This was deemed a hate crime sexual harassment and the student was charged with sexual harassment by the government do you see that the school administration represents the government this is the very thing we've been talking about for years now first it was just accept me as i am then it was give me whatever provision i need like bathroom privileges regardless of gender and finally it is you must accept me and lie to my face and proclaim publicly to everyone else that i am something i am literally and biologically not because i say so the left has hijacked this Christian idea of love your neighbor and turned it into a nonsensical trope that just means do whatever I tell you to do regardless of reality. And now if you don't comply, you will be charged even if you're as young as a middle school student. And where does that line stop? Nowhere. It can't stop because once you propagate this idea and this narrative, there is no stopping it. There is no getting to the bottom of this rabbit hole. This is where the rabbit hole goes legal and physical consequences for those that will not acknowledge their imaginary world is must is not real you must acknowledge their imaginary world is not real and they must force you to do this because truth is not on their side a man is a man a woman is a woman and language matters because we have to be able to discuss the truth if they can force you to lie about anything they want they control you and they will remake society in their own image so there, this is a problem, and it's a big problem, and it's not only affecting adults now, as we've talked about and seen in various places in schools, like universities, even in some businesses, in politics. This is now in middle school, and it won't stop there. It will continue to go down, and that's why I show you some stories from time to time of elementary schools where they're working on this and other schools where they're working on this, and they're working to push this radical agenda because they have to make you do this because literally reality is not on their side. And I talked the other day about imagination. Imagination is great, but when you base reality on your imagination, at some point that comes crashing down because... Imagination, as great as it is, is not reality. 
So what are you going to do when someone notices the emperor has no clothes? I, I did a long talk about that. You can go back and listen at churchpublic.com. What do you do when you recognize the emperor has no clothes? You have to make people agree with you because you don't have truth. You don't have reality on your side. So you have to force people to do it. And this gets into some really ugly consequences. Go back and read through history in any civilization when the government said you have to do this regardless of what is real. It just doesn't end up very well. Now, there's one more thing we have to point out here. This is Wisconsin. This is hometown USA. It's not New York. It's not California. And at the very end, this mom was asked about her support of LGBTQAAI plus people. Let's hear that again. Some might say or think that you or your son are against the LGBTQ plus community. Not at all. Not at all. My, my children have been raised to love everybody equally. See, she sounds great. And this is the trick that they play. Either you support this agenda 100% or you're a hateful bigot. There's no in-between. You have to support the LGBTQ AAIP plus agenda all the way or you're hateful, you're racist, you're all the ists. But that is the question. If you really loved the other child, this is what you're told. If you really love the other child, if you really love the other person, you will use their pronouns. You will accept them. You will let them go into the bathrooms. You will let them do whatever they want to do because the child needs your love. The person needs your love. So to show the love, you have to use their pronouns. You have to call them what they want. But that is the trap. Language matters because truth matters because reality matters. Reality will and does always come back around to say that a man is a man and a, and a man can't be a woman and they can't make you believe that a man can be a woman, so they have to force you to say the lie, and they give you the language to do it. And here's the thing as Christians. We can love people where they are. We can show them grace. We can show them the love that Jesus has for them, but we must also bring the truth. And I know this is hard, and this is difficult, and on an individual basis, this is a long and difficult conversation, and hopefully relationship, where you can have a relationship with someone and show them what really what love really means, and what truth really is. This is the point that we have missed over several years, though. As conservatives, as Christians, just as general Americans, we have been so nice that we have just said, okay, you be you. Truth is whatever you say it is. Live your truth. Find your truth. No matter what the truth is, no matter what reality is, you just do that because it's not hurting anybody, because there's no problem with any of this. But this is why I bring you this story. This is a great point to show that, no, there are consequences to this. Now you have middle schoolers who are accused of sexual harassment of, of really serious crimes because they said a true thing. They didn't lie. They didn't cheat. They didn't steal. They didn't physically attack anybody. They said the true thing, and the true thing got them in trouble. This is the problem that we get into, and the extent is now we have an NCAA women's swimming champion, that's a man. We have a woman of the year, that is a man, and so on and so forth. You cannot have it both ways. Either you object to this radical LGBTQAAIP plus ideology, or you accept all of this pronoun nonsense. And this is the trap that even this mom falls into when she knows and feels that her son does not have to use pronouns that don't match reality. That's correct. But when she's asked, well, are you not in support of all of the LGBTQ ideology? She says, no, no, no. I love them. I support them. This, this is the trap. You can love people 
and you can tell them the truth. And for some reason, we feel like those are mutually exclusive. Like, if you love somebody, you'll never tell them the truth about anything that's going on in their lives. The, I, I don't know where we got this. I don't know where we got this idea that if you really love somebody, you'll just lie to them forever. Does that work in any relationship in real life? In your life, has that really worked? You love somebody so much that you're just going to lie to them about everything for the rest of your lives? There's no possible way that once we think about this and use common sense, we really believe this is the thing, that we'll just say, well, sure, you want to be called this, and it's not real, but I'm just going to do it because I love you. I, what parent would do that? What friend would do that? You're not a good friend or a good parent if you just lie to your child and say, sure, you do whatever you want to do, and I'm not going to tell you what's real or what the consequence is. Some might call that actual abuse. So we've gotten like just lulled into this false idea where to love somebody is just to lie to them forever. And we generalize that out into society that if a whole group of people just wants to use pronouns that don't match reality, we say, well, sure, what harm could that do? This is, a, this is an example. This poor 13-year-old kid is now in deep trouble because they used the correct pronoun and not what this confused other middle schooler really wanted them to use. People are going to say this is hateful because words are violence and silence is violence and everything else. There's no violence involved here. It's just calling a spade a spade, calling what's real what's real. We can use the truth and to go back to Christianity, to go back to Jesus. Jesus used the truth quite a bit. He was gentle with it sometimes. Sometimes he was not, and this is what I, I've been on this quest for you to understand the real biblical Jesus, and don't take my word for it. Go and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read Acts, and read Romans where they talk about Jesus as well. But read any of those gospel accounts, read about when Jesus goes into the temple and gets really mad at the people who are taking advantage of other people in the temple. Go and read about what Jesus says to the Pharisees, and you'll say, well, we're not Pharisees, so Jesus wouldn't yell at us. Ugh. Just be careful with, with what you think about that. God will not be mocked. God is truth. John 1.1, 1, 1, you know, the, the word was God and the word was with God. The word was with us in the beginning. Jesus is the word. Jesus is truth, he tells us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There's a lot of issues that Jesus brings up directly to say, hey, there are true things. When Jesus talks to Pilate, Jesus says, I'm here to show you and show the world the truth. And Pilate says, well, what is truth? Essentially, there's no truth. We can just make up whatever we want. No, you can't. Jesus says you can't. You can't make up whatever you want. The world is the world. The world is reality. Read Romans 1. The world, even creation, shows what truth is. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, even if you don't believe in all this religious shenanigans, the world really is what it is. Gravity is what it is. Biology is what it is. There are only so many things that you can change in this world before you're out of this world. And that's not real. Again, imagination is great, but you have to live in the real world and say true things. We can love people and tell them the truth. We have to get better at this, yes, but we still have to figure out how to do this. So you look at Jesus, you look at Jesus in John 4, that's a good example. He finds this adulterous woman at the well. He loves her. He was kind to her. He showed her kindness and he showed her basically all the mistakes she made and changed her life. And she left his presence changed. She was never the same after that. Often Jesus would say something to the effect of just go and sin no more. Stop what you're doing and stop being in sin and go and live differently. Language matters because truth matters because God 
is truth. And this culture cannot stand the thought of God as an authority figure, so they must invent new reality and force you to publicly declare it. The good news for all of us, regardless of where you are in this whole thing, is that none of us are perfect, we all make mistakes, and Jesus offers salvation freely through his sacrifice. No one is righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.10. It's time for us to take courage. Whether it's pronouns, abortion, any of the myriad of lies that this culture is propagating, it's time. Don't wait. Don't let this next generation do this. They are in this mess because we didn't stand up earlier and do deal with this before it got out of hand. Now, our children are reaping what we have sown, whether you're complicit or not. When we all did not speak out against the lies then, when we saw this coming, now they're forced to deal with it. So, Let's leave that to rest and go into other LGBT children's news. And this is a weird one, but we have to talk about it. A Florida church is hosting a drag show for children. <sighs> yeah. So this coming Saturday, the Naples United Church of Christ will be hosting a youth pride conference for LGBTQ youth ages 12 through 18. And among other things, if you're not looking at the screen, I'll, sh I'll read you this flyer that they put out. The event is free. Yay and will feature a drag show as an exploration of LGBTQ-related issues facing today's youth. There's a form to fill out for those attending where attendees are asked to enter their pronouns. Back to pronouns again, right? The name of their school, and of course, free shuttle transportation will be provided to and from their local middle schools. Why are we in middle school for all this? Anyway, it's hosted at a church where apparently the minister tried to hold a gay prom last month. Here's the flyer for that. A gay prom. Yeah. And of course, according to Twitter, this pastor also stands with Planned Parenthood. That's an issue that we talked about the other day. So just to sum up, 12-year-olds will get together at a church to watch a bunch of grown men dress up like women and dance provocatively around them. And we're supposed to think this is helpful for their development? Seriously, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Does no one else see this is a terrible idea for 12-year-olds to go and watch grown men dress up like women and dance around them? And this seems to only have been discovered because the flyer stated there would be pickups from the middle school, and the school district was notified about this and said, quote, Collier County Transit, I'm sorry, Collier County Public Schools may not be used as transit points for the pickup and drop-off of students for this event, end quote. Of course, I mean, at least the school stood up for this one, though schools don't stand up for other things. Why does this matter? You're sitting there saying, well, I'm not in Florida. My kids don't go to the school. My kids don't go to this church. I wouldn't go to this anyway, right? First, there's some question whether the parents were even informed of this event happening, which is a problem because what we're seeing many times is these teachers, these other adults, are scheduling and inviting children to participate in these events without telling parents that's kind of an issue i think that's an issue as a dad that would be, i would have a big issue with that but the bigger question is why why are so many students attracted to this lgbtq plus lifestyle and i i cannot say entirely for sure but i do want to point to this this is a recent gallup poll and i'll put it on the screen and then uh discuss a little bit of it for you but this is a Gallup poll that just came out last year, and it looks at self-identification as LGBT by generation. And I think this chart is very telling. I referred to this before, but it's important enough that I think we should look at it again. Traditionalists born before 1946, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say, old people, right? 
the the traditionalist generation before 1946 0.08 of them identified as lgbt now okay we can say they're old but 1946 is 80-ish years ago right um let's go to baby boomers 46 to 64 2.6 of them identified as lgbt then you move into generation x 65 through 1980 that's 40 50 years ago right uh, up to 60 years ago 4.2 percent then you move to millennials 1981 and beyond 10 percent and then you get to generation z and and here's here's the one that i really want you to pay attention to in generation z 20.8 percent identify as lgbt 20.8 percent that's a lot now, if you take this 80-ish year journey, I mean, that's a long journey, sure. That's a couple few generations of people. According to this chart, it's something like four or five generations. But beyond that, um, it went from 0 0.08 to 20. That's an enormous jump. But even if you go back one generation, it goes from 10 to 20. In terms of generational change, that's a huge change. Now, proponents say to this study, we're just living in a more inclusive age where people can just be free to be who they are. So again, live your truth. That's what this generation has been told, and even the one before it, where it went from four something percent to 10%, another doubling. The fact that this has doubled generation after generation should be concerning to you, because I don't think these numbers bear out the idea that we're just living in a more inclusive age where people can just be you, you be you live your truth do whatever I don't, I don't think that is the only thing that's going on either it looks like there's something in the water that's actually changing whatever biology or hormones or something or there's some kind of social element here there's some kind of social element in the children's lives maybe there's some kind of social element in the education system that's pushing a tremendous amount of students towards this lifestyle could that be an element of what is going on here? Could it be, for instance, this gender bread man that I'm putting on the screen now that you can go and Google the gender bread man? Or I'm sorry, I said it wrong. It's the gender bread person because man is not inclusive enough. At any rate, this is a beautiful, cute gender bread, like a gingerbread man, but gender bread because it tells you about your gender identity and your gender expression and your biological sex and who you're sexually attracted to and who you're romantically attracted to. This is a real thing that is used in real classrooms as young as kindergarten. No, I'm not being hyperbolic or making this up. This is a thing. Or if it's not that, could it be the gender unicorn, which is also a real thing? which is shown in classrooms as young as kindergarten that tells you about your gender identity or your gender expression or your sex assigned at birth or who you're physically attracted to or who you're emotionally attracted to because all of these different things show a different side of who you are. It explodes the concept of a whole human being and categorizes you into all of these parts which you get to choose like a buffet depending on the day. You could change whatever you want whenever you want and identify as whatever you want. So to a generation that is literally given unicorns and rainbows, is it any surprise that they come out excited about this? Would you, if you had gone through this education, would you not have chosen something like this? If you're given the opportunity to go with your parents who are like black and white, boring, fundamentalist and rigid and strict and 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 old fashioned and fuddy duddied, or would you rather live with unicorns and rainbows? Every single child would choose unicorns and rainbows. I mean, that's not even a question. What child wouldn't choose unicorns and rainbows? Okay, some of them aren't, but 
of course this is the end result we're literally teaching these things in schools and then expecting that our kids won't go this direction i i mean this is a clear result and a clear uh, conclusion of this course of study that we're teaching children and this is why I need to talk about this. This is why you need to understand this. This is why you need to hear what's going on. And, and here is the point for you, wherever you live, whatever stage of life you're in, and especially if you're a parent or a grandparent. Today, we heard about Wisconsin. We heard about Florida. Previously, I've talked about what's going on in Texas and Virginia and many other states, not to mention the more crazy ones like California, Oregon, and New York. And I can say that because I lived in California for a long, long time. This is sad, but safe to say at this point, it doesn't matter where you live, what state you're in, this is happening in a school near you. That's not even a question to me at this point. And hear me correctly, I'm not condemning all teachers. Some teachers are amazing and fantastic, and thank you for holding up through all of this craziness. But some are clearly just interested in grooming children in radical gender and racial theories to make them into cultural Marxist activists. I have no question of that at all. Parents. The solution must start with you. If you can, get your kids out of public school, if you can. Then, teach your children values, morality, faith, based on the truth of Jesus and the Bible. This is the hope we have. I hope that you do this. I hope you lean into this. I hope you take this seriously and don't wait. I'm not trying to create a sky is falling chicken little type of situation in your mind, but I want you to understand that your kids are being exposed to this, and the statistics bear out that the more they're exposed to this, the more they're going to adopt this. That's just a natural reality of life, and we should know that, and I want you to have the tools you need to be able to navigate this correctly so that on the other side, when your kids are adults, you can recognize who they are, and I don't say that lightly. I I, I want you to have the best family possible because God calls us to have a good family. The family, the natural family that God has ordained and created and instilled in this universe is the best hope for all of society. That's the, the building block for the rest of society. And the left knows this, and in a larger sense, the devil knows this, and he is attacking your family. He doesn't want you to have a great family. He doesn't want you to have a good experience in this life. He he wants your family to be polarized and attacking each other so that you don't have any foundation. This is the reality, and I, I, I mourn because I really see this every day. I had a conversation with a lady just the other day about how this is happening in her family and the heartbreak that it causes, and, and it is true heartbreak, and I want to help you avoid this as much as you can. So keep on the path, run the race, as Paul tells us, and as always, God bless. I'm Matt Odegaard, this is Church Public, and I pray you keep the faith. Thanks for choosing Church Public. I really appreciate you stopping by. If you haven't already, like and subscribe. Go to churchpublic.com for more or for the videos under the podcast tab. You can always support at churchpublic.com support. God bless, and we'll see you.